Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. The world has certainly been stirred by developments in the last 24 hours. North Korea detonating what it claims was a hydrogen bomb. Whatever the test was yesterday, it was ground-shaking, a magnitude of as high as 5.1, although figures varied yesterday. And the National Intelligence Service, along with other military figures here, questioning whether it could have been an H-bomb, suggesting that the explosive power was just not sufficient for that. Uh, nevertheless, let's bring in Professor Lee Sung-yoon from Tufts University's Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. And good morning from Seoul. Hello. Great to have you on the line in 2016 for the first time. And we wanted to talk to you about the outlook for inter-Korean relations this year. Presumably this test so early on will change the dynamic completely. For now, sure. Uh, Kim Jong-un, I guess, gave a New Year's greeting to South Korea and to the world by resorting to a major provocation of this sort so early in the New Year, a couple of days before his upcoming birthday. Historically, North Korea has tended to resort to this sort of practice, a major provocation in the early part of the year, and then return to talks, um, resort to some kind of a charm offensive in the second half of the calendar year. And that's been a very useful pattern. So we shouldn't be all too surprised that North Korea has done this. It's been three years since North Korea's previous nuclear test. And since 2006, when North Korea conducted its first ever nuclear test, North Korea has, on average, every three years or so, carried out uh, a nuclear test. So it was about time. The thing is, a lot of the discussion has moved on to whether this was even a hydrogen bomb test because of the relatively tame nature compared with the hydrogen bomb of the force produced by whatever the blast was yesterday. Does it matter particularly? Well, I remember when North Korea conducted its first nuclear test in October 2006. A lot of people pointing to the very low explosive yield, perhaps people estimated one kiloton. A lot of people scoffed at North Korea, said, oh, that's not really a nuclear test. You know, it's a few dynamites. We have seen a tendency to belittle North Korea, patronize North Korea, and sort of be dismissive of North Korea's growing lethal threat. And I don't think that's in our interest. Whether this was actually a hydrogen bomb or not, for North Korea to claim it was, uh, is actually you know, very useful to North Korea. Even if North Korea is lying, then the intended uh, the effect on the outside world would be to say, well, it's not that serious after all, and perhaps not resort to really biting punitive measures against North Korea and, and be more prone to going back to negotiations, uh, which may be in North Korea's favor. So I would say it was a good day for North Korea, regardless of whether it was indeed a real hydrogen bomb or not. You told us before on this show, Professor E, that 
there was far more wiggle room for tougher sanctions. And, you know, some might have been surprised by that because there have been resolution after resolution and sanctions after sanctions coming out of the UN Security Council and the wider international community. What, what can realistically be done to stop what looks like a slow-moving car wreck? Yes. Well, there are different types of sanctions, and UN Security Council resolutions, UN sanctions are one important component in the overall sanctions regime vis-a-vis -vis North Korea. The problem is, of course, that virtually every single state, member state of the UN, has been, shall we say, a little uh, lazy in enforcing those sanctions. Now, the United States can do a lot more just on its own in implementing tight, targeted financial sanctions. Just uh, to give you an example of the relative weakness of U.S. sanctions against North Korea, the U.S. has designated about 1,000 Iranian individuals and entities. The U.S. has, in comparison, designated about 100 North Korean individuals and entities. There's a lot more that the U.S. could and should do. The problem is EU nations over the past nine years or so since uh, UN Security Council Resolution 1695 passed in the wake of North Korea's long-range missile test on July 4th that year. EU nations have been prone to violating these resolutions, exporting luxury goods like Mercedes-Benz sedans and expensive ski lift equipment and so mm. forth. We know China has flagrantly violated every single UN Security Council resolution that it signed onto by giving North Korea more and more in the aftermath of each nuclear test. I would even say South Korea has been kind of lagging behind in enforcing sanctions. I would say the very least that South Korea should do in the wake of the latest provocation is to turn back on those annoying loudspeakers which North Korea bristles against. If you'll remember, last August an agreement was reached between Pyongyang and Seoul, and the uh, condition for turning those loudspeakers off was uh, that North Korea doesn't do anything extraordinary that North Korea doesn't do anything abnormal. I would say this is not exactly normal, another nuclear test. Yeah. Also, South Korea should really stop sending cash via the Kaesong Industrial Complex, contributing each year about 100 million U.S. dollars to North Korea's coffers. That's the very least South Korea should do, to send a message to North Korea. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, last time around, the 2013 nuclear test was followed by months of intense tensions, the suspension of operations at Kaesong, for example, and the world's media was anticipating the breakout of war. This year, not only have we seen this test, but we've also got coming up the 7th Congress of the Workers' Party of Korea. It seems like the stage is set for maybe even more in the way of aggressive rhetoric and tensions that might follow. What would you say? I would completely agree with that, and uh, as Yogi Berra, the famed New York Yankees baseball player, said, it's deja vu all over again. It's Groundhog Day all over again. Whenever North Korea does something like this, you hear the popular refrain coming out of Seoul, Washington, and Beijing. This is a serious provocation. There will be serious consequences. This is unacceptable. 
but without fail, it just ends on being rhetoric, and there have been no real concerted efforts to put some hurt on North Korea financially. So I would not be surprised if there's a lot of condemnation rhetorically coming out of the UN and various capitals, and North Korea responds by threatening war, and then uh, the other parties back down, go into de-escalation, damage control mode, and North Korea walks away scot-free. Professor E, a question that I get asked a lot by people is, do you, do you think there actually will be a war? And I always cast doubt on that. Is there any possibility, would you say, though, of, of there actually being any physical conflict out of this? Well, there is. one cannot rule out that possibility, but I would agree with you. I would say that possibility is very low, and that's because North Korea, I believe, is not suicidal. They are very crafty and very much interested in self-preservation, so they are unlikely to start a major war, which they would lose. Back in 1950, I would say North Korea had all the reason in the world to start that war, because the sign, the signal coming out of Washington was, we're not really interested uh, in defending South Korea. Uh, North Korea had the backing of the Soviet Union and Beijing as well. Mm. North Korea's military was far better trained, far superior to that of South Korea. Yes. Why not go for it? Prof that situation no longer holds today. Professor E, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Professor E. Sung-Yoon from Tufts University's Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. The thing is, if North Korea was to become self-destructive, a hydrogen bomb would perhaps be one of the most dramatic ways in which to engage that. That's always the fear. You can email us, efmthismorning at gmail.com.